I feel very attracted to finding ways of maybe breaking barriers in New York and here to construct the barriers. You know, there is a form of euphoria that you get into that allows you to really disconnect from your reality. My heartbeat comes so close to the performer's heartbeat. Hello and welcome to the Theatre Art Live podcast. Sponsored by Harlequin Floors, we're leader in floors, stage systems, and studio equipment for the performing arts. The Theatre Art Live podcast puts the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the world, the culture creators, the backstage masters. My name is Ana Aguilera. And my name is Anna Robb. On this episode, we talk to Lena Yunus about her work as a visual designer. Lena is a Palestinian-Lebanese visual designer based in New York, working in theater, film, animation, and installations. She creates worlds with one eye shut and one index finger as her wand. While studying for her MFA in design from NYU Tisch, she enjoyed controlling traffic, mapping the skies, imagining the birds and inhabitants of the world in plays, dances, operas, and films. Her work is about freezing moments, replaying them, changing scenarios, playing out consequences, and then repeating. Lena has a great love and great weakness, soap bubbles, and I so can relate. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, we were just discussing before we went on the air that you're in Dubai and that you're a little bit of a nomad. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do as a visual designer, what areas you work in and maybe what you're doing in Dubai, if anything. Sure. For the past uh, few months since uh, March, I've been uh, traveling. I I traveled from New York to Dubai to work on a festival here in Dubai uh, where I did like an installation and I worked on an animation program for Sika Art Fair in collaboration with Beirut Animated and I also helped a little bit with the back end of the festival to work with the different artists and uh, prepare the festival for the public and I also went to Lebanon to work on a film and jump to in between that I jumped to Frankfurt to work on a performance more like an interactive kind of performance part of a also a festival there and went back to Lebanon uh, finished the film and jumped back to Dubai just recently and hopefully here I'm gonna try to figure out more of life stuff and get more integrated into the theater world into the production world and the film world and try to see how to possibly connect the east and the west and practice some things that I've learned in New York you know with studying and with working with different people and see because I've been also living I was also before coming to New York I was living in the UAE for nine years so I'm very integrated if you want in the in the art world or what goes on in in this scene so I would like to revive it a little bit and see how the when two become one kind of thing and see this merger flowing. How did you get into visual design and what was the trajectory from 
you know, starting out to where you are now? And my previous work, I used to do a lot of installations where it required people to interact with the installation. So my 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 favorite part of it was to actually do the installation and go to the let's say the exhibit and watch people interact with the, with the things that I've created. So I was in a fellowship program here in Abu Dhabi uh, with Salama Foundation, and I got a scholarship through that, which uh, then the our our teachers helped me choose or directed me to theater or and studying theater, knowing that I really enjoy puppetry and stop motion and storytelling. So I wanted to have a learn the tools and the practice and understand how the system works and what system works and how to adapt it or translate it and learn the language. Uh, to come and practice it and create new experiences, if you like, uh, collect things and bring them in my toolbox and then just practice them. So I, I did, I mean, in uh, in New York, I was also doing carpentry and metalwork. In Dubai, I was also working with wood a lot and and with glass, so different mediums that could help create visuals. And then I developed, I, I guess, slowly developed maybe a style of storytelling that is uh, not necessarily in what is the uh, as visual aesthetic but rather in how to work on the project and that opened up because I can understand how things are made then I can understand what to make so I could create things that are more practical but more efficient and would take shorter time to make or uh, cheap could be made in a cheap manner. Yeah. So, what would you say it's your role within a live production, within live entertainment, or when you're working in a production, whether it's theater or musicals or opera or maybe an installation? So, what's your role there? I feel like my role is to help people navigate spaces, be it uh, as an audience navigating a space going around or actors navigating a space and creating a visual that would appeal to people and take them on a journey or teleport them into a different uh, space or storyline or emotion even. And I'm interested in how to really work with the people during the making of the project in terms of even from sound designer, lighting designers, costume designers and also definitely the performers and the director but mostly like to guide the ensemble to creating the most efficient and most elaborate way of sharing what we have in mind together and taking the people on that experience and having them have their own reaction to it it does not necessarily have to be instantaneous it could it could be something that they live maybe a month later and remember one part and relate to that so i i feel like my role is you know it's a bit it's a bit of a heavyweight godlike 
role, I feel there is like responsibility connected to it with the, how much you want to emphasize, for example, trauma or emotion or feeling and how much space you need to allow people to use to to explore that within their experience, within their uh, ability and to put the put the parameters there and then allow people to play with that. And so what's the difference really from a cultural perspective of, say, working in the UAA versus New York City in terms of the groups and communities and the kind of projects that you undertake? I, I feel that there is something uh, very culture and the culture and in Lebanon, there's something that is non-tangible towards from one the audience's experience, so how the audiences interact with the pieces, and also with how you within your daily life you navigate that into the work. So uh, for example, the the experience of watching theater in New York, it feels like there is an etiquette towards it. There is um, you know, there is clapping, there's interaction, there's laughter or not and you feel that the uh, the lines are more or less clearer and more more or less you know what to do because they are uh, the industry has been evolving for a long time to set these parameters and what is very um, on the other side chaotic but magical is that in the arab culture you have a you have a different sensibility to what the audience is. So, for example, I watched a theater performance in Lebanon on Friday, and that was a whole different experience of even how the chairs are set up, how there are tables, how there's drinking inside, how you can smoke and dance and just interact and scream to to the scream out or shout joyfully and interact with the performers and that is not that is a very different way of navigating the audiences and i feel i'm i'm very attracted to both because i feel that i want to know how to guide people with that and have a more contained experience but within that containment to have this element of surprise that no one knows not even the audience members not even the performers and it's an immediate conversation you feel that it 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 has leveled up from the performance to a new language of communication between the people so i really appreciate that and i feel very attracted to finding ways of maybe breaking barriers in New York and here to construct barriers. So I want to have that in a very fluid manner. I really, I really appreciate both for their value and, and, you know, you, you can have a wall as a barrier and a protector and also not to allow people to jump over. So I would like, I'm interested in that dynamic a lot. It's very interesting that you say that because I think that um, people don't necessarily look at different industries with that through that lens, I guess. 
And in that sense, do you feel like maybe a lot of Western cultures come over to the UAE and and don't understand the the looseness of that relationship with the audience and therefore it's a bit chaotic because that's what I, I feel that's my experience in the UAE when I've got to work there. It's just like I don't kind of get what's going on here. <laughs> and you have to spend time in the culture to understand, okay, this is the rhythm, this is the flow, this is how we can work in this space. And and I think that's probably quite a common experience, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And also the pace, you know, the pace of, if you, if you look at um, another form of uh, performance, which is music, you know, and you can understand by breaking down a song that is written in Arabic or like an old song for, let's say, Um Kultum, which is like, 40 minutes and 15 minutes it's one song how it's divided and how it takes you on different experiences within that so it gives you time to get in time to get out we like that you know there is a form of euphoria that you get into that allows you to really disconnect from your reality and become somewhere in a very magical space that you are sharing with the space and also it's yours to own. So you can do that. And so understanding that or jumping from such a fast pace of also turnovers of how many productions you work on in New York within one month, uh, that compact lifestyle versus the more relaxed if you want or stretched it's more stretched of that is allowed here or it's the common nature i feel that is definitely something that is um, different in in understanding how to navigate it and it's actually it's a very exciting thing because uh, when when it's also mis I feel that it's mistranslated or misunderstood in New York, right? If you come from here and you go there, you're you you you're like, whoa, what is going on, people? <laughs> and when you come here, vice versa. You, you you exactly. So finding finding somewhere in between and also allowing that to be more of a flow dynamic. I feel you. I can I can learn from that how and when to to captivate people when to allow them to be I don't have to be always in control and I really like that looseness that the Arab culture allows me. And now a moment for our sponsor. The Theatre Art Life podcast is proud to be sponsored by Harlequin. Harlequin is the world leader in floors, stage systems, and studio equipment for the performing arts. Established in the UK over 40 years ago, Harlequin is the preferred performance floor for the world's most prestigious dance and performing arts companies, theatres and schools. From the Royal Opera House to the Bolshoi Theatre, the New York City Ballet to the Royal New Zealand Ballet. Harlequin's experience and reputation are founded on the development, manufacture and supply of a range of high quality sprung and vinyl floors specifically designed for dance and the performing arts. Backed by an engineering team and independent research, Harlequin also designs, builds and refurbishes stages working with stage engineers and theatre consultants in leading venues across the world. Harlequin is the global leader in its field with offices in Europe, the Americas and Asia Pacific. Find out more at harlequinfloors.com, H-A-R-L-E-Q-U-I-N floors.com. There's so much to unpack there. 
I wish we had had this conversation, I don't know, four or five years ago before I moved to the UAE. <laughs> so interesting. But towards the end, you were saying, well, you said how you find like New York has these barriers that the Arab world doesn't. And then you described it in a very beautiful way on how it's this, this flow of the culture within the pieces or the cultural expressions that, um, that exist. And then you said the rhythm in, in New York, right? So it made me think at some point, like really well, what it is in New York is just commercial industry of it, right? It's just, that's what it is about. It's business and you, you go for the business and you got to do more, sell more, put out more pieces and artwork. While, and, and I mean, at least in my experience, the UAE can be also very business driven. But I find it very interesting that there is still this essence in their cultural representation of, of how it responds to the culture and the traditions. I know it's, it's very interesting. I just wish I knew more. Yeah, absolutely. I also, I mean, you know, the, for example, have, you know, I mean, I'm going maybe a tangent or parallel, but even having a meal in Lebanon, you know, if you want to have a meal, it's an extended, elaborate seven, eight hours experience. You have the, You have the first sitting down, chatting. You have the appetizers that are very elaborate. You have the main course that is very extended. You have the coffee intermission and the tea. And then you have the uh, dessert and the fruit. So even that rhythm of people, they almost need that in order to ease into the thing. I'm not saying that. People don't work in a fast pace, but rather in order for them to really feel feel this thing that I really enjoy. And while watching theater, I feel like there is uh, the heart, you know, the heart, the beating heart. I need to, I uh, my my heartbeat comes so close to the performer's heartbeat. The more it comes closer, the more I'm into that because then we're resonating in the same uh, flow. So in that manner, I feel that the the Arab world is, is more generous with this time and less fast-paced. And you can still work on different projects. And of course, it's fast-paced and it's a commercial industry and you need to make money. But there is that that essence is still very valuable and it's not it does not uh, the commercial part of the industry does not really overwhelm it it's kind of it either balances it out or uh, the other will overpower you don't have a you kind of don't have a choice in a in a fun way i guess it and wouldn't also, work Because mm -hmm, if, mm -hmm. if that's what the audiences are asking for, then you can't rush their process either. Right. And yes, absolutely. And also the commercial industry in New York and also off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway and three-offs-Broadway, you know, <laughs> you go on with, with off-Broadways, is, uh, is also not government-funded. It's more uh, private institutions that are trying really hard to have that time 
because this is what we all need. We need that time in order to work with people, in order to have a space and practice there and evolve our projects. So here it's uh, also cultural funds and also government funding that allows you to to do that similar to maybe it's closer to Europe in that manner. Like I know a little bit more about Germany in that sense because it's all these institutions from the government that are allowing festivals and and performers and directors and dancers to actually have that space to create. So it's a different infrastructure. I feel that also dictates the shorthand or the long long term process. Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that when you do zoom out to see the macro of like how these things are funded and what drives them because I mean that's totally impacting culture in different countries, right? And and the importance of those decisions from people maybe outside our industry on either placing value or not placing value on on arts and entertainment really over time shifts sets sets a a path towards it and the UAE is still sort of historically in terms of its development quite a young culture young not a young culture but young in terms of its development is is still show wants to demonstrate its culture and express it and and highlight it to the world and governments are still behind that rather than it being a uh, an industry as it is in America it's really interesting to look at it from that perspective and it's sad that there's not a lot of you know if you want to really drive a cultural pride and cultural expression and, and arts and entertainment it really does need to be supported at a governmental level really doesn't it because if it comes to a commercial sense then then there's other priorities there yeah absolutely I mean you know in Lebanon it's an anomaly in a way because the Theater has been, it's an old, even here, but the storytelling or the theater is a very old uh, thing from, from, you know, the 40s, the 50s, and then it's transformed into becoming recorded and you can listen to performances on a cassette tape or you can watch them on videos in black and white. So it is something that is not funded by the government. It's corrupt government, and it's uh, the people need that. They have a need in them to really overcome their struggles in life by steering into this entertainment to let them get out of their reality. So the necessity and the need becomes also a part of that cycle. So you have a place like the UAE, which also has a big, you know, cultural part of storytelling from the from you know from the people who live in the from the times of the tents till now you have the storytelling and families you have the uh, the folk tales that are quite elaborate and in Lebanon you also have that and it's more and it's with dance and music so and it becomes a political power for Lebanon for people to how do you say that to get together and be one against the government if you want to 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 be an army with with this sharing of this culture or of this song so you have a lot of song that we 
sing and listen to that everybody knows, but are really about, uh, that are really from the 70s and the 60s, that we as like later generations still know them from our parents and their parents, which I, which I find really exciting also in terms of trying to understand how to navigate the theater uh, industry in the States, how to navigate that in the UAE, because you have, you have so many options of how you kind of r- ride that track. And if that track is not, or the road is not there, you got to build it. So, you, you know, you got to pave it. You don't have the, you know, Lebanon doesn't have electricity. How do you have a theater without lights? You know, how does that transform? So it's a, it's a fun problem solving, if you like, space. So you become more creative because of these restrictions. And when you have different restrictions in New York, you also navigate them differently. So it's a, it's a good balance of, uh, I feel, of knowledge. And I'm very keen to learn more and talk to more people and see that from their experiences how that can develop to what I ideally want to work on and how we can create these things that we want to work on and want to invite more people to collaborate with us. I think it's also interesting to see how you actually find that balance you were talking about, right? Because like you're not just going to import all the U.S. culture because it wouldn't work, right? And you don't want to get rid of all these beautiful traditions you already have and all this rich culture of storytelling and um, gathering and community. So it's going to be a fun project to see. Is there a project that you, in with that your experience, Lena, that you, you want to do given this construct, like in a location or a place or something that you really want to manifest? Yes. There is. <laughs> I really want. I really want. I I love the Arabic language. I feel it's one of the most poetic languages. I mean, there are many other languages that are beautiful, but I feel that the meaning and the breaking down of each word and each element and the conjugations of it are very elaborate. And so I am. I'm starting. I've started to try to get funding. Um, and this project, I think, is uh, going to be a long-term one. But I would really like to write an opera in Arabic because I feel that opera is a form of experience that is beyond my my understanding as Lena. I cannot believe that voice is driving is being driven from these humans, that I am a human, but I cannot do. So I love that. I love that freedom of their voices and I love how their voices can encapsulate me and elevate me with the orchestra and the conductor and then the chorus, you know. So there are so many levels at play and the costumes and the libretto and the narrator. You can have so many elements all in one driving you so i am very keen on working on an opera and trying to get funding to work with a composer because i feel that the libretto i tried to write the libretto but it's very hard to write it when without the music and i also want to learn 
uh, how to sing and vocal, take vocal lessons in order to understand that more. And the story that I want to create is about an opera singer that discovers that they have a, a great voice from a young age. And then the people start discovering that they, them, that they have a, and want to listen to them more and more. But this opera singer realizes that they cannot hear their voice the same way that people can hear their voice because of how our voices actually go through our bone structure and our vocal cords. You hear me different than how I hear me. Technology will never have my voice, how you hear it and how I hear it. So there is something very absurd about that. So this opera singer starts becoming really angry and being very resentful of people and trying more and more with like a very better voice to perform better and better to hear their own voices. And they get even more angry because they get more famous. And the, the third act, I feel that it is a place where the performer decides to create their own perfect architecture to list to hear their voice. So I, yeah, and I, I feel with the Arabic mawal and the oud and different instruments and also playing with the new genres of music, even hip hop and rap, Arabic rap or whatnot, I feel like they need to also be integrated because I don't feel that opera is an old form. It's a new form that is continuously developing and growing. And it's growing because of the people who are singing and the people who are working on it. So that is one thing. I'm giving myself six years to make this happen. That's a wonderful project. I, I, I ask myself now, and excuse my ignorance, is there an opera that was that has been originally written in Arabic? There are mostly in Egypt. I can't remember exactly the names. And there are singers, like Arab opera singers, but mostly they put the microphone in front. This is from my knowledge or my research. They have the microphone in front of them, but they have an operatic, what is called an operatic voice. So I have, I myself have not experienced a live opera in Arabic that is similar to the scale of the Met, because this is how I imagine it. I imagine, I imagine spaces that, that can be filled with this intense of music. But Egypt has a, like, uh, there is a lady, I think in the 50s, if I'm not mistaken, she started an opera music, uh, opera uh, school, an opera theater. And so there it's um, bigger. Yeah, I always remember many, many years ago working at the Sydney Opera House in Australia and Julio Iglesias came to sing. And he sat in, stood in the concert hall and sang and he didn't need to be mic'd up. And it was the, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever seen. We had a microphone there. And I think there was a touch so he could hear himself in, in it. But, like, literally you'd think, and he just filled the room. And obviously the room is acoustically prepared for that kind of, you know, performance and stuff like that. But you're just like, wow. It's just when you experience it on that sort of scale and scope, it is, it is really is quite special. Yeah, exactly. And then you think, and 
I mean, I was at an NY at a class at NYU, an opera class, and there were opera singers, and one person was saying that they cannot hear their voice. So I thought, what a tragedy. So I'm calling the piece like the tragedy of the human voice because we all share that tragedy, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> Julio Iglesias cannot hear his own voice as we hear it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a so they so all these performers are so generous. I feel to share that to have that I don't know kindness maybe to yeah give to share it and be generous yeah like to be generous and not resentful from us who are loving what they have and they cannot have the same experience as us yeah it's an incredible form of uh, performance I feel it's an umbrella where a lot of the elements of theater making can come into play as well mm. Mm. so what then is like sort of the way that you take on projects or find projects how do you how do you get the work that you do and 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 what drives that from project to project I guess from when I was here I was more uh, in the UAE I was more seeking uh, art fairs and creating these installations or applying to funding and going into exhibitions or art fairs or whatnot and in the States, it was uh, more of word of mouth and how I was lucky enough during COVID to work on online projects, which was uh, a really great way of combining w- what I just studied at NYU and what I was, because when I came to the UAE, I started working at a television network for four years. So I was an editor. And so I merged those two things. So that was a great way of working in 2020. And then it evolved into working uh, more on different projects and maybe traveling or working with students uh, in different universities for online or in-person projects. And I feel now I'm I'm trying to seek maybe both sides of the coin where one I'm taking projects, but so maybe trying to take uh, positions where I can also find people or have an authority to and funding and bring them over and work with the people. So I'm trying to see how to best navigate that and have the time really to work together with people Uh, sometimes uh, online things don't really work out or you need an extra in-person reality or now I'm actually with one of my collaborators actually working on a project or maybe an experiment if you want in November where she's gonna going to be in and I'm going to be in the UAE and it's creating two spaces across the world and figuring out how to create theater separately. It's an experiment. We'll see how that goes. But also this is something that is I'm I'm curious about. You know, not not knowing is great. I am it's not a You like to be in that space of not knowing. <laughs> 
yeah yeah it's it's a comfortable space sometimes you're like i i i don't know too much but not knowing is also can be a blessing of of more creative space more of a creative space well this has been fascinating so much i love your attitude and the way you approach things so it's it's very fascinating thank you <laughs> i was just gonna say if, if people wanted to get to um like contact you have you got a website what how do we see you or find out about your work yes of course my name is my website kirinayunis.com and i i feel there must be a phone number there on my website i mean I love to I would love to speak to people who have similar interests or want to have questions because I thought from the questions that people ask me that also not knowing you know I if I don't know the the answer that is even better of a question <laughs> so so it would be really I would be really lucky to have people contact me and talk more or share ideas or share thoughts it would be super fantastic awesome amazing well thank you lena so much for uh, joining us today on theater at life and uh, it was really a pleasure it was a really enjoyable conversation so thank you thank you so much anna and anna <laughs> theater at life is a global media site for entertainment memberships start at only 38 us dollars per year you can have unlimited access to our daily published articles, including entertainment news and the writings of active industry professionals, ensuring that you are always up to date on the global happenings in the world of entertainment. Become a part of the international entertainment community and join us now at www.theaterartlife.com.